Call Chat Talks. This is a bonus episode where we are going to be speaking with Josh Kubecki, a design expert and founder of the Bold Duck Studio, about a few examples of how design thinking can be applied to legal service delivery. We had previously done an episode on design thinking for lawyers with Josh, and I will be linking that in the description. Josh, I'm going to go back to one of the questions that we asked earlier and sort of push back on whether you can give us a good example of where design thinking was applied in legal service delivery. Yeah, so uh, I'll try to be pithy and quick. There's two. One's technology and one's a practice group. I'll start with the practice group quick. Great. So there was a practice group that uh, a certain client segment, a certain type of client in a certain area of law uh, was consistently losing money. This group of partners doing this type of litigation. And the, the big strategic decision for the firm leadership is do we even continue doing this or not? Because we're kind of losing money um, and the client experience is not good because they see that we're losing money and you know, no, no client actually wants their law firm to lose money, by the way. Uh, so do we, do we leave this practice group, which is a, a big amount of our partners work. So now partners are going to have less work to do or, or what do we do? So I said, okay, well, what's the opportunity here to come up with an alternative way, a more modern way to design a practice group that addresses this. Now there was a bunch of things. There's good old financial analysis um, there is absolutely market research, there is lean and process engineering, but here's where the design came into this. Ultimately, what we did is after we've redesigned the workflow, we re, we acquired some simple technology embedded in workflow. Uh, we had to get a certain group of lawyers to use this, and this was going to be a non-traditional title inside the law firm. So these were senior associates who were on the partner track previously for whatever reason they didn't want to become partner. So they were open to this alternative role within the law firm. Well, whenever you have a non-traditional lawyer role in a law firm, you now have created a potential social dynamic in the firm that, shall we say, may not be positive at first. Second, yeah. That lawyer now has a different compensation, different roles and expectations, a different way of communicating who they are within the firm. And you could have, we could have easily left them to their own devices to say, well, you've got this role, you've got this new practice, go for it. The design came in and said, okay, well, what's their first 90 days going to be when their title is updated on the website and the email goes out from the managing partner? announcing this new service and announcing these lawyers are part of it. What's the emotional response that those lawyers are going to have? And what's the social response that everyone else is now going to have a changed perception about these people? Yeah. What we had to do was design communications that were effective, that created the outcomes we wanted. We had to create a compensation package, not just money, but benefits, time off, um, where they could office, how often they were coming into the office, what decision rights and authorities they had in terms of access to like litigation assistance, paralegals, and equity partners of the parent practice group. We had to be mindful and design that. So we basically had a user experience manual, not just for the clients of this practice group, but for the lawyers in the practice group and partners 
that were part of the parent practice group that this was carved out of. Yeah, yes. So everyone knew on day one how to behave and interact with each other. That is a perfect example of design driven. And I can say that that alternative practice group continues to grow in that firm year over year and is driving multiple multiples of millions of dollars of revenue and expanded their profit margin. So highly successful. Now, real quick on the legal technology. Yeah. So. So there's a product out there in the market. Uh, there's lots of them. Um, it, it, at the end of a deal, for any deal lawyers out there, there's something called closing binders. <laughs> and yeah. most people know that closing binders are probably the last thing that ever gets done in a deal, if ever, and ultimately relegated to junior associates to do. Okay. Yeah. And this technology is is nice for to make that process less painful. Um, and, and more sustainable over time. But for an associate, they still, it's still kind of relegated to low level admin type work. No associate is like, yay, I get to do closing binders, right? Like, even though yeah. I got slick tech to do it. This doesn't like, add oh, to my billable work. I'm, I'm like super tired from just finishing the transaction and now I have to do this. Right now, I got to organize all this information and create a closing binder. Like, oh my God, you know, fine, great technology. Woohoo. So we're like, okay, well, again, the human, the human element, like what is one, the emotional response of that associate and two, how do they want to be perceived? So this is basically what we did. Using that technology, we basically created a title for junior associates who mastered technology, not just that technology. So we didn't call them masters. Um, I don't want to disclose what we call them because some people might be using them out there and, and, it'll, and it'll disclose the identity of the firm, which I'm not allowed to do. But let's just call them a master. So they'd be like, this associate is a master of this technology, a master of this, a master of that. And the associates were then at the end of the year in their performance review, this title, how many technologies did they master? And then we say, okay, look at your master associates partners as the go-to resource if anyone in the practice group has a question on the technology, right? So now, now you're creating inflows into a junior associate from counsel and senior associates and partners all on how to use this technology. The associates embedded in the practice group so they understand how it works. In order to get this master designation, you had to like close you know, do two closing binders in a year and you had to do X, Y, Z, right? You had to sort of mark off these milestones and then you sort yeah. of became the master. So it didn't change the experience of doing the closing binder in and of itself, but it wrapped the experience of doing closing binders into an incentive of recognition and differentiation within your practice group. Basically That's making it more desirable to do. Yes, that's a design technique. That's a design technique. Wonderful. I think the first uh, uh, response that I have is I can't wait to look at the next problem and see how we can apply design thinking to this. Thank you for tuning in. This concludes our bonus episode on design thinking for lawyers. Bye-bye.